Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I'm joined by Idriff, the host of the podcast, What's Good Dough? And I was actually a recent guest on a podcast episode we recorded for his show, which will be out in a few weeks. But I got a message from Idriff who said, you know what? I've been following you for a long time. I've been following your podcast. I have my own podcast. I talk to pizza makers and I would love to come on your show and share my experience between having a full-time job and starting pizza pop-ups and just getting involved in the pizza community because I really love it and I want to be more involved. And I said, you know what? Let's do it. So that's what today's podcast is all about. You're going to get some insights on how to market, a little bit about who he's interviewed on his podcast and some insights that he's gained from doing his interviews and some insights that I've gained from all the interviews that I've done on the podcast you're listening to right now. I appreciate you hanging out with me here today. If you have a question or if there's anything I can help you with, a couple things. Head over to smartpizzamarketing.com. You can find all our courses, the Mastermind Group, doing a lot of YouTube videos over there as well. You can find the link to that. If you want some marketing tips delivered right to your inbox on a weekly basis, you can sign up for our email newsletter. I try to make the email newsletter full of information, links from the podcast and YouTube, but also interesting news, marketing articles that I find throughout the course of the week. I don't generally sell anything. There are some sponsors at the bottom, and I always kind of put a PS if you want to join the the mastermind group or purchase one of the courses to help you get better at TikTok or Instagram. Uh, but there's not there's no hard selling on this. It's all a lot of information. You could totally ignore all of those things and just get a ton of information out of the email. Go over to smartpizzamarketing.com and sign up today. Today's podcast is brought to you by Baccio Cheese. They have this new white cheddar blend. It's the latest addition to the Baccio cheese portfolio and it includes a combination of whole milk, white cheddar, and provolone. And I have to say, I've been using this on my Detroit style pizzas lately and they've become out pretty good. You can go over to my Instagram, Smart Pizza Marketing, and check it out. I've been very impressed with the products that I've received from Baccio. And I know you're saying, Bruce, you're probably saying that because they pay you to do it, which they do. But in all honesty, I've been making so many different variations of pizzas with the products that they've been delivering me, and all of them have been kind of fantastic. My family loves them. You can go over to Instagram and see the photos. You can even try some for yourself. All you have to do is head over to bacciocheese.com forward slash SPM. Again, bacciocheese.com forward slash SPM. Get a sample for yourself. Request one. They'll send you some, and you can try it out in your pizza in your oven, and you're going to love it. I guarantee it. Go check it out. Again, one last time, bacciocheese.com forward slash SPM to check out some for yourself. If you're looking for consistent quality and superior fresh tomato flavor, check out Stanislaus Food Products. Real Italian values guide this family-owned company. Values like work hard, never cut corners, always do your best, and keep your word. They know consistent flavor and quality is crucial to great food. That's why they work so hard to provide you with the freshest tomato flavor can after can. You can follow them on Instagram at Stanislaus Tomatoes for weekly business building ideas from other successful pizzerias. And I have to say, over the past few months, I've been using Stanislaus products in my pizzas that you see over on Instagram that I'm making at home, and I'm very happy with the results. I love this food product, and I am very picky about who we suggest you use here on the podcast. So if you hear them on the podcast, you know I endorse them, I use them, I enjoy them. So if you're listening to this, go check them out on Instagram at Stanislaus Tomatoes. You will not regret it. All right, let's get into the podcast with Idrif. I'm pretty sure you're going to enjoy this podcast because I had a good time. 
Idrick was a cool dude. I enjoyed talking to him. I think you're going to enjoy this episode of the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast. All right, welcome back to the podcast. Idrick from What's Good Dough is joining me on the show today. Idrick, thank you so much. What's up, man? Thanks for hanging out with me today. Oh, thank you for hanging out with me. It's been a while. We've been messaging each other back and forth uh, on Instagram, and I, I, you just recently made a trip to Boston. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to kind of catch up with you, but uh, I saw you on Instagram. I saw all the places you went to, so it's been exciting. So what's good? What's good dough? <laughs> Pizza's good, That's obviously. Right. Uh, um, in terms of my Boston trip, it was cracking. Uh, I, I love Boston, just seeing the history of it. As I was telling you before we started recording, the weather was amazing. I rented one of those bikes, and so I was just biking throughout the city, checking out all the different places and eating what I could. How did you find people? So let's get into your a little bit of your background story here. Give us a little background about like what you do, where you do it, your history in pizza. Mm. Oh, well, my history in pizza kind of goes back to 2018. I was at a family party, and I overheard my cousin and my grandpa talking about, hey, it'd be great for you to own a pizzeria when you retire from your job. And I thought to myself, just like all by myself thinking, why do you have to retire? That sounds like, that sounds like a great idea to just own a pizzeria. And at the time I wasn't very happy with my job. I was like thinking, how do I escape this rat race? Right. And I thought, huh, maybe a pizzeria is my answer to it. And so I actually found a local pizzeria right next to my house. And I applied and bless those owners' hearts. They gave me a job on the line with no experience. And I was topping pizzas Friday, Saturday, Sunday night uh, while working my full-time job. And, and that's kind of where I began. Nice. Uh, you know what? Sometimes the people with no experience are the best new hires because you don't have any, at least in my experience, back in the day when I, I, you know, I operated for 20 years. So we always hired people and I always loved someone with no experience. Yes. It was a little bit more work up front to kind of teach them how you do things and how to train them, how to make pizza, but they didn't come any, they didn't come with anything from other places like, Oh, this is how we did it over there or um, bad habits of making pizza that you had to kind of recorrect. And it's just, it's sometimes it's easier to train somebody green than it is to retrain somebody who's had a system in place. So those were my best hires and my, my favorite hires. Definitely. I was like a sponge and you could tell that the manager at the time was just telling me what to do. And then you could see all the regular line workers kind of like smirking, like, oh, don't do it that way. But it's like, that's the way the manager wanted you to do it. it probably because it was way more efficient when it comes to ingredients or it maybe have been a better system, but you know, cooks figure out a way to do it. Sometimes owners have a way to do it. It really just is what's best for the restaurant. How long did you work there for? Well, I was working there for six months and then we ended up moving so my commute was like five minutes on bike and then i ended up moving like 45 minutes away and i was like all right this is very 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 difficult to work 60 hours a week and we were coming up on like a month before my wedding and i was about to take a three week like crazy rich asians vacation style honeymoon <laughs> and i knew that leaving my team wasn't gonna be kosher right i knew that they were going to be struggling and so i told them i told management like a month out yo i'm probably gonna have to let this job go it's not working out and they understood um but then that's when i bought my first 50 pound bag of flour literally the day i turned in my two weeks i went to zanato's a, a local italian uh specialty store and i bought my first bag of Cap caputo americana nice 
Yeah. And then you started making pizza at home or were you making pizza at home at all before? Like while you, cause sometimes when you work in a pizzeria, you go home and, and you, you, at least me, although sometimes I like pizza that much where I was like, you know, what? it's just different. I make pizza at home, even though I made pizza all day, but sometimes you don't want to. Yeah. I was actually making pizza at home because I was taking like the old dough balls that we weren't selling at the restaurant and I was bringing them home and then topping them for my family and friends who were hanging out there on a Saturday, Sunday night. And I was like, oh, you guys are all partying while I'm here at work. I'm coming home sweating, smelling like Clorox. <laughs> but then like I would make them pizza afterwards and it was fun. Um, but it was different because my home oven never got hot enough. Yeah. What were you so, using at the time? Were you question. using like a baking steel or anything or just kind of like a pan? Pizza stone, yeah. definitely. No baking steel. I had no idea um, what a baking steel was. Um I wasn't on Instagram uh, until like a few months later uh, into my home pizza making journey. And even then my, my wife was running my social media account. And so I had no idea what the culture was. I had no idea to quote unquote level up. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to do that now. I've been in this world for a long time. What are you talking about? You're, you're on top of it. I can, I, I hear you and I see you. You're on top of it. It's all fake. <laughs> <laughs> no, too modest yeah i'm just kidding um but yeah you, that's how you learn though you gotta you, sometimes the best learning is by doing and not looking on instagram or watching a video you gotta get your hands dirty and and test things out yeah for sure so now do you use a baking steel or you, i know you're an uni ambassador right i believe so the my podcast is sponsored by uni okay Luckily what's your podcast enough. by the way um, give a shout out to your podcast what's good though, good um, though. i started the podcast because like I said, I was kind of, I wasn't leveling up. Uh, my pizza was bland. It wasn't rising at the right times. Um, and I felt like I was just plateauing. And I actually just was like, all right, maybe I should work at another pizzeria. So I, after I got back from my honeymoon, I applied for another job. And the guy was like, yo, I don't think you should work here. Not with your full-time job, not with your current lifestyle. Plus, I want you to sign an NDA. And if you're trying to open your own pizzeria, there may be some clash between that. And so I was like, well, then how do I keep learning about pizza without having to like sacrifice my schedule, my work-life balance? And I was like, podcasting. Podcasting is a way for me to learn more on my own time when I have free time on the weekends or in the mornings before work, things like this. And I've been doing it ever since. So you started your podcast to learn more about pizza making, like the process and how these pizza pros who we see on Instagram are, are kind of making great pizza. Well, the goal was always to start a pizza business. And so I was like asking a lot of the, not just the dough questions, right? Yeah. But also like, how do you run your operations? Um, most of my initial interviews were actually pros um business owners because you know who would you want to learn from but the best of the best right and then i started geeking out more about dough and different aspects of the pizza world bloggers social media people and even home bakers that's interesting so i kind of started this podcast this my podcast the same way i think i started back in yeah. 2015 because i was operating pizzerias at the time and it's weird when i was in the pizza business an owner actually making pizza for money for customers. I wasn't into the pizza community at all. Like I never went to pizza expo. I read the pizza magazines here and there, 
but I was like just solely focused on the business and how to grow the business. That's all I really cared about. Pizza, it like making great pizza wasn't the goal. The goal was to make good mm. pizza the way we knew how to make pizza and grow the business. And mm. uh, it wasn't until I started the podcast. And the reason I started the podcast was to kind of talk to other business owners, not necessarily about pizza, but more about business and how they grew their business and how they were finding employees and how they did accounting and just how you scale from one location to, you know, like Tony Gemignani, who has, I don't know, he has like so many different restaurants. How do you do that? How do you get build enough team members to, to be able to open multiple restaurants? Because we were kind of not struggling, but trying to figure it out how to do two. How do you get to seven? If we can barely hang on doing two. So it's, it's, but then once right. you get into the pizza podcast and you start talking to these people, that's when I started to get more interested in, you know, making pizza at home and the process of dough and the different flours. And I've learned so much over the years. So you're right. Podcasting is a great way to learn whatever it is you really want to learn. You could literally start a podcast about anything and, and interview people and talk to them and have interesting conversations and learn stuff. So uh, I admire you for starting yours and it's a great knowledge, isn't it? It's huge, but I think you are a champion of this and that you know that just listening to podcasts isn't going to get you as far as you can get. True. If you're not doing anything with it. Right. Right. It's like I can listen to all the pizza podcasts in the world, but that doesn't mean I know how to do the slap technique or I know how to <laughs> right. grow from two businesses to seven. Right. It's all about experience. And like, I feel like we always have to hammer down that last message at the end. It's like, all right, now you listened. Now go do something about it. Yeah, and you know what? It, you're right. Listening to podcasts is one thing, but I would tell everybody, start a podcast. Even if you don't publish the podcast, like pretend you have mm -hmm. one and invite mm -hmm. people on as guests to ask them questions. And then, like you said, go do. Because what happens is when you have a podcast, you learn not only how to be a better listener, because when you, I don't know about you, but when I first started my podcast, I was so nervous and I was asking people questions and instead of listening to the response, I was thinking about my next question. So I wasn't really here. I was hearing what they were saying, but I wasn't really listening. And as you do more podcasts, you get better at listening to the answers. And instead of having like a list of questions, you can have a conversation. And you're right. When you do a podcast and you ask questions and then you go do what they tell you to do, you use both of those things together to ask better questions questions and have better conversations on your podcast moving forward. At least for me, that's how it worked for me. I 100% agree. It's like when you're first starting off, I'm, I'm still scared to this day. When I of go into the podcast, podcast. Like of guests? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like, it's performative in a way. It's a show. Um, and so you feel like you have to, you feel like you have to entertain. But at the end of the day, to be honest, my only prerogative going into podcasting was to kind of be selfish and ask the questions that I wanted to know about yeah. pizza making so that I could get better and so that I could kind of prepare myself for when I do open up my restaurant in the future. Are you planning on opening a pizzeria still? After listening to 150 pizza makers, the short answer is no, not anytime soon. Yeah, right. <laughs> I always, because people email me or message me on Instagram all the time, like, hey, would you ever thought of opening a pizzeria? I'm like, you know what? I do. And then I punch myself in the face and have all those memories <laughs> from actually being a restaurant owner. And I'm like, never again. I have, I've run a couple of businesses before, um, many side hustles. And now I'm running What's Good Dough. And 
I try to treat it as much of a business as possible, like not a side hustle, but like a full-time thing whenever I'm not working. Right. And I know the level of commitment. I know the level of focus that it needs. And if I were to throw in a pizzeria, which I feel or I imagine would need even more focus and need even more commitment, I feel like I would just, I would, I would burn myself to the ground. Yeah. It's hard. It's, it's a lot of work and you know, people make it look easy on Instagram or TikTok or social media, but the behind the scenes of, you know, all you see on social media is the finished product, whether that be the finished night on a video or the finished pizza. You don't see all the, the long hours and all the text messages from employees and all the non days off, even though it's supposed to be your day off, but the restaurant is open. So it's still technically not a day off. Like you don't see all of that on Instagram. Um, so it's a lot of work and it looks glamorous and, uh, but it's really not. It's a it's a hard business, and it's it's a never ending business, and it's a never ending cycle because there's no finish line. Every day is a new day that you have to start over from the beginning. Yeah, and you know I am fortunate enough to have witnessed that firsthand by working at a pizzeria. Yeah, and I'm hearing it over and over again in the stories that I hear. Like it is difficult. Um, I think what people don't see in the podcast is the hustle that's involved with it, right? Because we can only tell so many stories in a podcast and we can only go so deep. Um, but I think the purpose of the podcast now today is to really help shed as much light as possible so that people know what they're going into if they do want to take it seriously. And I encourage people to take it seriously if that is what they want to do but know that it's going to be hella hard. Yeah. And, but, <laughs> but from all the pizza makers that I've talked to, it's like, it's the hardest thing that they've ever done, but it's so rewarding. And so for anyone who can take on that challenge in their life right now, today, go for it. Right. That is, that is my thing. Like go for pizza, go for your pizza dreams and, and try not to mess up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, you're going to mess it up. There's just no, you're inevitably going to mess something <laughs> up and you're going to, it's just part of the process. So, Try not to mess it up, but just know that you are going to mess things up. But I yes. agree with you. Fail. I agree. I think, you know, it's, I don't want to discourage anybody from opening a pizzeria if that's what you really want to do. What I try to discourage is people who are like, oh, I hate my job now. I'm going to open a pizzeria because it looks easy. That's mm. what I want to discourage because it's not easy. If you hate your job was- now, what do you hate about your job? It's different if you're like, you know what? I love making pizza. I love making dough. I love researching about it. I love talking to customers. Like if you really like doing those things and you hate your current nine to five job where you're an office person, okay, maybe you should think about opening a pizzeria. But don't open a pizzeria because you hate your job now and you think it's going to be easier. Mm, that was me in 2018. And I am so glad I did the podcast because I probably saved myself a couple hundred grand. Yeah, right. In like, <laughs> but really, you're right though. I mean, like why I love pizza and it, it's all about getting people together. It's being able to really serve my, uh, my, the people in front of me, my food and seeing their reaction and, and hearing like, oh yeah, that's the best thing I've ever eaten. And that feels good. But you know, you have to realize like, that's not going to happen every day. And you have to be able to withstand the, the hard days, yeah. the days where you only have five tickets because you haven't been marketing your shop or the days where all of your employees call out and, and you're the only one at the shop the entire day and, and you feel like nothing's working your way. So yeah, it, you're in for tough times if you go for a restaurant for sure. Yeah. Th- that's tough too. I mean, I was, I remember those days. I remember those days vividly of, 
thinking you have enough employees and then somebody calls out sick or two people call out sick and you, you go from having a great morning to having a really bad morning, realizing that you're scrambling to find somebody or, um, but those are different times. I feel, I, I don't know. I feel like it's a little bit, I don't want to say easier. It's definitely easier to dip your toes in the pizza making business in 2022 mm-hmm. than it was when I started back in 1998. Um, because there wasn't any of these pop-up pizza places back then. There wasn't any uni ovens or Gosney. At least I don't think there was. There might have been, but none that I recall. Um, and there wasn't anybody on Instagram in 1998. Like Instagram wasn't a thing, you know? So if you That's for sure. If you had to if you had to get your name out there, you had to go door knocking or hang flyers on doorknobs or go be really be part of the community and do events. It was a lot slower process. You couldn't have started a pizzeria in 1998, making pizzas in your home oven, posting them to Instagram to get exposure to your local community. And then people ask you to make pizza. Nobody did that, Mm. you know? So it's a little bit easier to start or put your toe in the water. If you want to like get into it a little bit and see if you like it today than it was back then for sure. I agree with that. Now my question for you, just to flip it back, is yeah. do you think it was harder to succeed back then if you had already gotten your foot in the door? Just because my thing now is that everyone is trying to do it, whether it's like true pizza making or real estate or anything like that. Because we are in like the world of information, like everyone sees this and they're like, oh, I want to try that. And so it's like so much more competitive today. What do you think about that? That's a great question. And I think, in my opinion, things seem more competitive than they actually are. Like, if you look at Mm. my town, right? So if I go on Instagram, I'm obviously going to have an algorithm that's going to be feeding me information. Now, it's based on who I follow. It's based on who I interact with. So what I see when I go on my phone is curated for me. But in reality, there's nobody in my area or there's not 10 places within a 15 mile radius of me who are doing pizza pop-ups. If there's one, there's a lot. So when you go online, it seems like there's a lot of competition, but in actuality, in your environment that you live, there may not be as much as you think there is. So if you make a really good product and you know how to market yourself and you know how to get the word out using the internet and you do have good service and a good pizza, I don't think it's as competitive as people think it is. That is, I think you're 100% correct there. And just to add on to that, it's like, you don't even need a restaurant nowadays. Right. Right. You could totally be content doing a food truck or a pizza pop-up or having a residency at a brewery. And that could be your thing. And that can make you enough money to have a very, very, very decent life and give you so much more contentment than working a crappy job that you don't like. (laughs) Right. Listen, man, life is too short to do shit you hate. And, you know, you're going to be dead before you know it. And you know what? Betty White lived to be 100 years old, I think. And she's been, she passed away, you know, God rest her soul, not too long ago. But nobody talks about Betty White anymore. And she was Betty White. You know, who are we? We're nobodies compared to Betty White. So no one's going to think about us when we die. So do your thing, man. Who cares about what anybody else says? Ooh, I love that. 100% agree. Yeah. But I, I think if you wanted to start a pizzeria, like you could do it so. I don't want to say illegally because I don't want to tell anybody this is not legal advice or business advice or anything like that. Take it 
or leave it. But you could start a pizzeria out of your house now and just see if you actually like making pizza for money uh, multiple times a day before you, like you said, spend $150,000 on a lease and build out for a pizzeria before you get into it. I know people who have started pizzerias spent all of this money and then they open. And like you said, nobody shows up. They're struggling. They're stressed. Their pizza's not going the way it wanted to. And they're like, damn, I wish I didn't do this. Right. I think you are totally right that anybody can just operate out of their home. And I always try to encourage folks be careful. Yeah. Because you hear stories. Obviously it's like a very small chance that People can get, I don't know, mad at you and complain and whatnot. I like to do things as safe as possible. I just bought my house in 2020. And so I have an asset to protect. And therefore, I try to make sure that I minimize my risk. And so what I've been doing to test the waters in pizza is I've just been giving them away yeah. uh, to uh, friends and family and actually my neighbors during charity pop-ups. And... By doing that, I am not exchanging pizza for money, and there's no transaction, and it's a small cost for me, but I'm also doing a good cause, and it gives me the practice that I need, and it removes a whole bunch of the risk. I've called my local uh, health department. I've called even my homeowner's insurance, and I asked them, yo, can people like sue me for doing this? And, and my insurance was like, as long as you're not taking any cash and you're just giving it away, you're good. You're yeah. Gucci. Yeah. <laughs> so like, <laughs> I was like, all right, cool. So this is my way of practice. And, and honestly, doing the charity pop-ups has been able to, again, give me the practice that I need, but also, you know, get the feedback that I need to hear. Um, because when you're making pizza for yourself and your wife and your family, everyone's going to give you like the whole, oh yeah, this is the best pizza I've ever had. Yeah. But when you hear it from someone who has no obligation to tell you, Oh yeah, this pizza schmacks. Like, yeah. All right, thank you. You don't. You didn't owe me that, but I'll take the compliment. Oh yeah, everybody thinks they have the the nicest looking children. No one, you know, it's it's it's, <laughs> it's not. It's hard to tell someone their kid's ugly. So you're right about that. Ouch. If you ask your yeah. friends and family for advice on your product, they're gonna tell you it's good because they want to hurt your feelings. For sure, for sure. Like, I don't know. I mean, everyone tries to be nice, right? Like you don't want to associate yourself with too many assholes in the world. And right. so, yeah, right. People are going to tell you like, yeah, you have beautiful kids and this is the best pizza I've ever eaten. At the same time, they're taking that pizza to go and then they're tossing it on the way out. And <laughs> you'll never know. <laughs> right. That's true. It is hard though. It is hard to make, it's hard to, you know, if you're thinking about starting a pizza business, it's hard to get your recipe down if you aren't giving it away because you can't make, you can't figure out your product that you want to sell by making one or two pizzas at home. You have to make hundreds of pizzas uh, before you realize, okay, this is what I really have to do, and this is how my recipe is going to go, and this is how I can make my recipe in bulk. Because, you know, making one pizza or dough on a, in a bowl on your kitchen counter is much different than having to make 287 pizzas on a Friday night. I agree. And, you know, part of my master plan is to start incorporating pop-ups I don't want to give it a timeline, but in the near future, and I guess one of the, one of my barriers of doing that is just how much pizza I can make in a given night. It's like, if I make five and my neighbors are full <laughs> and I don't have any more like room in my stomach, 
I can't freeze them after because I have all of my regular stuff in the freezer. It's like, I can't make any more pizza. Right. I'm not going to go waste it. I've, I've, I was raised not to waste food, so it's very hard for me to do so. And so, yeah, um, these one-time charity pop-up events gives me the opportunity to bust out 50. How cool. do you get, where do you, where are you doing those and how did you get started with that? I am, let's go, let's start with how I got started. Um, back in 2021, February, my buddy Blaine from PDX Doughboy, um, I interviewed him on the podcast. Yeah. We were just talking about, you know, afterwards, he was like, yo, have you checked out this person named Ben Berman from Good Pizza PHL? And I was like, no. He's like, yeah, I want to I wanna do something like him. We're, we're starting a, uh, a charity pop-up where we make pizza and raise money for food insecurity. And, you know, we were inspired by people like Miriam Weiskind. Yeah. Weiskind? I can never get her last name. Zara but Report. From the Zara Report. Yeah. yeah. And, like, we were like, yeah, we could totally do this just to, you know, shed light on the pizza community. And so it was about February, and we organized probably, like, 15 of us around the nation and we raised probably a, a few thousand dollars um and i was doing that out of my house and then summer came along and my buddy mike veona was like yo i really loved what you guys did in uh february let's try to replicate that for the summer and so slice of summer was born and we got involved with scott from scott's pizza tours aka and slash uh, slice out hunger and with Blaine again, we tried to make it more nationwide, did a little bit more promotion. We ended up raising $12,000 for that. Oh, and wow. For that pop-up. Yeah, I did that one at a brewery with my friend uh, Tio's Pizza over in San Jose. And, you know, just the best thing about it is really knowing that you're doing a lot of good, knowing that, again, I get to share my pizza with people and, and see the joy that lights up from them. And I get some practice. I get my reps yeah. in, you know, I get, it's like going back to what we were talking about. I can only make so many a night, but when there's an event, I'm forced to do multiple pizzas back to back to back. And it feels like I'm working at a restaurant again. There's a hustle. There's a pep in my step. I got to rush. Right? Yeah. Not, I can't take my sweet old time making one pizza. Are you using uni ovens for these pop-ups? So the last one that we did at the brewery, we did. <laughs> we used an uni oven. I don't know how safe it was because Wait, we one oven an uni. or how many did you have? We so my boy Teal had two and I brought mine. Okay, so yeah, uh, so we used three ovens. Yeah. And how many pizzas? That's the biggest how many thing. pizzas did you make out of that? Like how many pizzas did you I, make at that event? We made fifty Detroit style pies. In a, and then in we cut uni them up ovens. And <laughs> you guys are out of your minds. <laughs> we kind of were uh it was hard love uh, tios knows how to do detroit styles in the uh, in the uni ovens better than i do um and i've been practicing since but it takes time and if i'm gonna when i do it again in the summer i'm gonna do round pies just because say. that's what the yeah that's what the uni ovens are really you know made for like you can do different styles in them obviously but to be able to crank back to back to back to back uh, with pan pies, it's uh, it's a little bit more difficult if unless you have three ovens. I only have two ovens at home, and I only have one uh, Unicoda 16 that can fit my pans, and so round pies for me. Yeah, man, if you ever do a pizza pop-up and you have an uni oven or two uni ovens and you sell 50 Detroit-style pizzas, you can open a pizzeria because the stress of having to do 50 Detroit-style pizzas and uni ovens is going to be way less than running a pizzeria on a Friday night with a regular oven and crew. 
Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. It was it was pretty stressful because we were like, oh crap. This is taking a little longer than we expected and yeah. the demand's going up a little faster than we anticipated. It was like lunchtime, people were drinking, and we were like, okay. You're slow outside, you're sweating, people are staring at you. <laughs> you're you're thinking to yourself, what are we doing here? We should have just did round pizzas. That'd be so easy if you got in 60 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I think at the end of the day, it was just about, you know, talking to the people getting pizza and setting that expectation. It's going to take a little bit longer, but yeah. we're going to try to make the pies as best as possible so that you know you're getting a solid pie and so that you know that your donation was worth it to the charity that we're donating to. Yeah, that's it's plus it's like donation too, right? So you're out there for a good cause. People understand a little bit more when you're doing something like that versus if they're paying as a customer. Absolutely. Yeah. But that's not an excuse though. Try to make the best pizza you can, even if it's for non-paying customers. Because at the end of the day, your, your reputation right. is at risk here. Yep. Right? It's like, you don't want to be known as What's Good Dough and Tia's Pizza that makes crappy pizza. And so is that what Paid you do? Do you use What's Good Dough for like your pizza pop-ups? Do people know that, like recognize you from the podcast? You know what? I have posted it on the, um, the GoFundMe that I've put out. I've I've posted it on my next door advertisement. Hey, I run the What's Good Dough podcast. Just because like when I'm going to net next door, it's like people don't know me. I'm not that active on that website, but and it's like I want people to feel comfortable coming into my house when I am doing it in my neighborhood and and grabbing a pizza from me. I want them I want people to be like, "All right, this guy seems legit." Um and so yeah, I'll put I'll put What's Good Dough on there just so it's it's like flashing my resume. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, this isn't just some rando making pizza. It's like this guy actually loves pizza and wants to share it with the world. It gives you a little legit uh, legitimacy too. Like if they see your For Instagram sure. and they can see you've talked to all these people and what you're up to and um, go back in history and see how you got started. It's good representation of what they can expect. Absolutely, 100% agree. That's great. Who who is your favorite interview so far that you've had on the pod, on your podcast? Oh. I'm gonna call you out That's here. Tell, I'm gonna question. put you on the spot and be like, you know what? You gotta pick somebody. <laughs> I was gonna say it's like a kid. You can't pick one. You know, you. I ask pizza makers all the time, like, what's your favorite topping or combination? I always get the runaround too. So I feel like I'm gonna give you that. I'm gonna say like for anyone listening here that wants to check out a pizza episode, check out the one from Craig's. Uh, his name is Craig from Gracie's a Pizza. He started in the pandemic and like literally went viral in my hometown of the bay area lines and lines and lines sold out he you know he did this like just unique pie wood fired he popped up he had just like a sign on a chain link fence that was spray painted huh. margarita and special dude it was like what is the minimal what is like the minimum absolute like product minimum viable product what do we need let's do it and it blew up and then it came tumbling down because he didn't have the permits it, it was like too popular and so people were like investigating really and oh my god yeah it was crazy like and everyone is still sad to this day like not having his pizza but i, I have a feeling he's working on something that's great and so Really inspiring I mean, story, not a great, and a great story, lesson but to just make sure. It sounds like a great story, but like you know, obviously <laughs> it's ended kind of badly. But hopefully he gets going again. That's that's pretty interesting though. It was so popular that they started investigating. And he got shut down. 
I think at the end of the day, it's like, I think he was able to walk away, like, you know, hands clean. Um, but then he, you know, he lost the business and it was a huge Staples community. Like check out their Instagram page. You're going to be like, oh, wow. There's a pizzeria in this like random industrial park. What's the name How of it again? That? On the Instagram? Um, June's Pizza. I think there's an underscore in there. I can link it to you uh, at the end. Um, but oh, yeah, literally they, they were operating out of a, uh, one of those shipping containers. They turned that into a pizzeria. They were renting the empty space next to a sushi restaurant next door. And they just made things happen in the pandemic. I love the sign. One and a half good years. I love the yeah, sign. It's just like spray painted on there. That's fantastic. I'm gonna put that as my new background. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> wow. What a great story. They're from your area. Yeah. Oakland. Yeah. About 40, 45 minutes away from me. Damn, the pizza looks good. What's he cooking the pizzas in? This is beautiful wood-fired oven. I don't know the brand. Mm. Um, I know he's using central milling flour, uh, with a little bit of whole wheat in there. I think he was using Bianco Napoli tomatoes. And honestly, you know what really killed it was just the toppings. The He was using like basil that he grew. There was like a field of basil right there. It, was, it looked like he was operating out of nursery. He was just using the best ingredients that he could get. And it was a very simple pie, but it was delicious. I mean, so I was lucky to be able to try it. Yeah, the photos look great too, man. What a difference good photos can make on a, on a platform like Instagram, huh? I have to agree. Like I you mean, could like, have the greatest pizza in the world, but if you suck at taking photos and put them on Instagram, it's gonna, no one's going to come to your place. Mm. Yeah. I mean, like no one's going to travel to your place. That's for sure. Right. Um, what, what do you feel about like Instagram and the local community? Is it like, do you need to have uh, a super active Instagram? Like, oh, think about all those like old school joints. Like they're doing okay, right? Today? Yeah, I think so. Um, and, I think it depends on when you start. They're relying on their local community. Right? The, I True. think it depends on when you True. start. Like if you are an old school pizzeria, I mean, I don't know if you could, you might be able to start an old school pizzeria, but I'm thinking about, the reason old school pizzerias work is because they've been around for a long time. And as people get older, they reminisce about the pizzerias that they went to in the past. And they take their kids to these pizzerias. And that's how these old school pizzerias last for a while because the generations of families that continue to go back and have those experiences, which makes you be able to last a long time because you're constantly having people come back to you over and over and over again. If you're a new pizzeria that opens and you go and you try to be that old school pizzeria where you're not really caring about your decor or you don't have a social media presence or you're not marketing because you think you're too good for that. I don't think you're going to last. Not in today's world. You need to get out there and tell your name and tell everybody what you do and invite as many people as you can to come try you out. Otherwise, they won't try you out. Yeah. I I mean, I am a firm believer in social media. There was a point in my life where I didn't use it at all. Yeah. I don't think I was ready for the platform. You know, at maybe like 2013, I was using it, using it, using it. And then I kept seeing all these like pictures of like, rich people. And I was like, in a, I was just too young and I was comparing myself to others. And I was like, Oh, I don't, I don't like the way this is making me feel. And so I took a long break. And like I told you, when I first started making pizza, my wife created my social media 
for me and she ran it just so that she could post the pictures of the pizza for our friends and family. And then I used Instagram as a way to get guests on the podcast because yeah. I was calling. I literally called every pizzeria in my city. You did? And and nobody and maybe I got two people. And after those two people, I was like, crap. Podcasting sucks. <laughs> I'm gonna give up. And then the pandemic hit and I was like, oh, I, I got to try this podcasting thing again. Like, I really love pizza. You know, I, I I need to make it work. And so I used Instagram to direct message pizza makers. And lo and behold, people started getting back to me one after the other and after the other. And oh, my goodness. From that point on, I was like, babe, give me the give me the logins <laughs> to what's good dough. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm running this thing. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I, I don't necessarily use social media personally. You're not going to find too much information on me online from, you know, about my kids or my family. You might see a post here or there, but I don't, it's not what I use it for. I use it solely for business and I look at it mm. as a, a way to help businesses get awareness and then also help my businesses get awareness. And that's literally the only reason I use social media. I don't consume content that much on Instagram or TikTok um, or any social media platform for that matter. I literally just use it. I look at it as a tool, right? Like we use the internet. Uh, I use the internet as a tool to help me achieve the goals that I want to achieve. That's how I look at social media. Uh, I want to have a business. I want to get as many people aware of my business as I possibly can. How can I do that? Like you said, Instagram's a great way to reach out to people, build connections. LinkedIn is another one. Um, TikTok now, people are on there creating content and learning how to, learning how to, create content like they were on Instagram five or six years ago. Uh, yeah. So I'm with you. I don't use it a ton personally either. Well, that, you know, maybe I should have been more clear, but I am using it uh, more regularly, even to share uh, some personal moments. I, my wife and I made our announcement for the baby on Instagram. And it's like my school of thought is that like, I want to connect with folks. I yeah. want people to not only know that I love pizza, but like connect with me on a deeper level um, so that we have other things to talk about outside of pizza. And so I don't know if that's the best way. I don't know if that works, but so far it's been going good for me. And Listen, like, I feel like I have, I don't think connections to do that. I don't think there is a, a best way. It's whatever you want to do as a person. Like I don't want to connect with people outside of pizza. Sure. <laughs> to be quite <laughs> frank, that. you know, <laughs> I just like <laughs> connecting through pizza and talking to people and having podcasts and, um, but I'm an older guy. So I, it wasn't something that I like grew up with or wanted to leverage. So I don't think there is a right answer. And I think that's what makes the world we live in so great today is that there is no right or wrong. Well, there are some wrong answers, but there's no like right <laughs> answers for everybody. You know what I mean? Like everybody's got to figure out uh, their own path. The first question I ask on my podcast is there is no right or wrong answer. What's good dough. And if you're not aware, uh, what's good dough is, you know, like you could take it literally like what is good dough to you or it's a pun. Yeah. What's good though. Like what's up with your life? However you want to take the question, you're welcome. And no, there's no right or wrong answer. I believe that firmly. I've gotten some, I've gotten some funny ones. I've gotten some like nervous ones. Um, but at the end of the day, 
there's no right or wrong answer for me. Yeah, I love that. That's pretty. That's pretty awesome. Um, you know what? Let's <laughs> wrap it there. We have to do another one of these podcasts because we, you and I, could probably talk about pizza and stories forever. But we'll, we'll, for sure, this will be part one. We'll wrap it there. If people want to go check out your podcast, I know that you have what's good though on Instagram. Uh, is your website what's good dough as well? Website is what's good dot com, and I also want people. Uh, thinking about the charity pop-ups, that is my big push for the summer. We're doing pizzaioli pop-up. I'm in charge of recruitment this year, and I would love it if people signed up to make pizza for their friends, for their families, for their neighbors, for random people. Get out there and start your practice and start practicing to get perfect and really do it for a good cause. Um, We're raising money to fight for uh, food insecurity. The money is going for a pizza for good, uh, pie it forward. And we want to raise as much money as possible, but we also just want to get as many people involved as possible because at the end of the day, what's better than getting a bunch of people to make pizza to raise money for food insecurity? Where can they go to sign up for that? Go to Slice.Hunger's website, okay. and you're going to want to look up the Pizzaioli pop-up. Right? It's on one of the tabs under campaign. You can sign up now. We are it's it's summertime. So now's the time to make pizza. Um and we're going into Labor Day. You can also, if you're in the New York area, you can go visit one of the pop-ups that's going on. They have dedicated pop-ups. Um and you can go check out those pizza makers' pizzas there if you don't want to host your own pop-up and you can support that way. But I encourage everyone to make pizza. Cool. We'll link up all that in the show notes for this episode as well. All your information for that. And uh, we'll put it in the email and everything for that. I drift don't go anywhere yet, but it was uh, great talking to you. And I appreciate you joining me on the podcast. I know it's early on the West coast for you. So I appreciate you getting up early and hanging out with me here. It's no problem at all, Bruce. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you. Thank you to I drift for joining me on the podcast. Thank you for listening. If you could do me a favor, leave me a review on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you're listening to the podcast. And if you need some help from me, or you just need some links to whatever we talked about on this particular episode of the show, go over to smartpizzamarketing.com. We take all the show notes for you and we place them there, as well as the whole archive of our podcast. We have 400 plus episodes of the podcast and they're all over on the website. If you go over to the search feature, you can find any episode that you've ever wanted to listen to or anybody in the pizza community, we've talked to. We've had a podcast conversation with, you can find them all over there. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. I appreciate you. Probably don't say that enough, but I really, if you got this far on the podcast, I appreciate you. Thank you so much, and we'll see you right back here next week.